the best things in life are free. But you can give them to the birds and the bees. I want money. That's what I want. And that's what we want. Or that's what every wrestler in the WWE wants this weekend. Uh, money in the bank. The most prestigious briefcase, I think, in all of professional wrestling. Would you agree? And as, as far as briefcases go, you're right. Uh, but it's what's inside that briefcase. And it's what's inside uh, this show here. That is the Shoot Brothers podcast, the wrestling podcast, hosted by myself, Mike the Shoot Shepherd, and Cameron, the unrestricted free agent Osborne. UFA, baby. Uh, yeah. I mean, other than Money in the Bank, we got all the regular stuff. It was a crazy week on Dynamite. We'll get talk about that, but that crowd was insane. F- well, F- Fighter Fest night one. Yeah. Of course. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And all the weekly wrestling action uh, coming at you from everything else. We are. Uh, this is it, though, in a, in a bigger sense, Mike. We are saying this is it. Goodbye to the Thunderdome. This is it. A final goodbye. Um, so as, as, I, as I understand, uh, both this past week, SmackDown and Raw were pre-taped. Um, I guess in preparation of, you know, they kind of taped it because they had to get the hell out of there. <laughs> I did see footage of, you know, the, the team kind of striking down all the, all the boards and everything like that as, as everyone said their goodbyes. Um, <laughs> and we say goodbyes to honestly, it sucked. If, I mean, if okay, uh, if, the if, atmosphere between the, atmosphere. the two, if you could choose between, you know, I if, if yeah. I could choose between never going back to the Thunderdome and anything else, I'd probably choose <laughs> well, anything else. I think we'd all not like to go back to the Thunderdome. Nobody <laughs> wants to go back to the Thunderdome at all. Uh, so let's get let yeah let's uh let's let, we'll we'll get into SmackDown Raw, kind of our last uh, Thunderdome days, uh, and we'll we'll speak solemnly about them. Of course, we have NXT and our Fighter Fest Night One, but let's get into the podcast. Let's get into the show the only way that we know how, which is with crowning a brand new Tweet of the Week champion. It's the Tweet of the Week. It's the tweet of the week. This past weekend, if you if you have a great 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 grandfather who was Italian or anything less, um, you were probably celebrating uh, the Euro Cup, Mike. I don't know if you were watching the Euro Cup at all. Uh, I started to follow around the final sixteen, and uh, no, I was actually rooting for England, of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, jolly old England. I mean, not that I have any vested interest, but if I were to go back to my great-great-whatever-parents, I guess that's from England. It would probably fall on that side of the equator. Well, Mike, you know what? That, I, uh, yeah. You were saying. I consider England the Toronto Maple Leafs of the soccer world. They well, really are. At least Manchester many. United <laughs> is certainly the, uh, the, Eng- the uh, Toronto yeah. Maple Leafs of the soccer world. But, but, Mike, going on at the exact same time that doesn't really get paid attention to was actually the Copa America Cup. Um, have you seen this? <laughs> have you heard about this? I saw highlights. So, on so it's stuff. Euros, but the South American version. Yeah. Right? Brazil. Obviously, a smaller following... Um, you know, I think less teams in general and, you know, eventually when they come it down, but it actually happened, I think on like just the day before, uh, was the, no, it was the exact same day (laughs) was the uh, (laughs) final of the Copa Americas where Argentina walked away uh, as the champions there. Um, and of course, Lionel Messi, the, one of the greatest soccer players of all time, taking home the MVP tournament, just adding, adding another trophy to his long list. 
to his uh, extensive resume. Um, and he got an a special, a very special congratulations from this week's Tweet of the Week champion, the Iron Sheik. <laughs> who in in a classic Iron Sheik all caps form uh, said, uh, "Messi have the sex tonight, the real champions." <laughs> there you have it, man. You're a you're Lionel Messi. You're one of the richest athletes that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. You just won, um, you know, the biggest tournament that you can, uh, you know, with within, you know, kind of at at the time. You're having the se- the- you're having the sex tonight. I mean, if he wants it, it's there. That's for sure. No, it's 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 a possibility. And uh, Iron Sheik always uh, always doing something fun. Always doing something fun out there. So we got to thank you, Iron Sheik. Uh, you are this week's uh, now two time Tweet of the Week champion. Good uh, Canadian guy. Good ca- good Canadian kid. That Sheik. Uh, we I love he, we love I seeing. Think he's it. a Toronto resident now. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was he was an episode of Kenny versus Spenny. I remember that. <laughs> um, let's move on to the show then, because like we had said uh, prior, um, we will uh, the Thunderdome era will be remembered uh, similarly as the Attitude Era, or or well, other eras. Are there other eras? I mean, kind of ruthless aggression era. They the ruthless it. aggression <laughs> era, the Attitude Era, the uh, the PG era, whatever you want to call it. We're coming to a very close on this chapter. I know, just another chapter in professional wrestling history. Uh, so let's be, let's begin. Uh, let's 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 begin by closing this book once and for all by covering this week's uh, episode of SmackDown Live. Okay, folks, it's Friday night. It's time for SmackDown Live. It, uh, it used to be on Tuesday, but then uh, I think it was on Friday before, though. No, no, wait. We used to film it on a Thursday and then release it. It's just SmackDown Live. SmackDown Live, baby. Um, yeah, we talked last week, kind of wondering what kind of fallout there could potentially be regarding Jimmy Uso and his DUI incident, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were wondering, you didn't have to wonder for long because the show just opened with <laughs> Mr. Uh, Jimmy Uso himself trying to see Roman. And Heyman's just like, uh, not now, but we'll figure this out. And we got a cold Jimmy intro. Love seeing it. Um, you know, I'm, it's glad. It's, it's great to see that bail had been posted. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe until he's convicted in a court of law. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> very weird very very weird either way yeah. and something I mean, that uh we notice in the wrestling world it's very easy to write someone out you just he gets beat up now he's gone now he can yeah it, it's <laughs> they did it they did it to Big E and he they, he only got written out because the guy he was supposed to face got written out i mean yeah. <laughs> they write out people all the time yet for some reason this one was uh difficult yeah so anyways roman and Heyman, they come out to the ring start talking about edge uh but then jimmy comes out says he was all up on edge last week and you left me hanging and then jay uso makes his return after a couple weeks and he's finally back and i don't know they want to become tag champs again so roman's just like yeah boys let's do this the right way and leads them in a group hug so they're back I guess they're finally all united. Yeah. Did, now, did they ever, back when the Usos were baby faces and uh, Roman Reigns was baby faces, did they ever, like, go together? Not like this. They, I'm sure they, like, saved each other here and there or something. Yeah, but it was never, like, we're, we're united. Yeah, it was never about the family, really. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. So that's, that's something, mm-hmm. I guess. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and the family drama has been the case throughout. Uh, I think certainly leaving the Thunderdome era, we're going to be missing a lot of that very kind of softly spoken Roman Reigns dialogue, which, you know, he kind of gets in the middle of his matches and just sort of when he doesn't have the microphone up to his face. Remember, yeah, these guys got to put the mic up to their face now to say every single little <laughs> word or little Timmy in the back row won't be able to hear you. Yeah, no, like half of that Hell in the Cell match was them just like talking to each other. Was just them to... talking, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, we still got some money in the bank business to get booked here. So King Nakamura's taking on Baron Corbin in one of the last qualifier matches here. And uh, do you notice Corbin ever since losing the crown? It looks like he's starting to let the hair grow out a little bit again. We're coming. We're coming back to the the lone wolf. The skullet um, is coming back. But one thing I'm noticing, he's not nearly as bald as I remember him going. Maybe just because the hair was so long that and it was thin. Because sort like, of like, know. It, you know, like I, I feel like he had a big, you know, yeah, I, I got a bit of a five head, you know, <laughs> shit happens. But yeah, he's got like a thick, it goes over the top. It's not even a Costanza ring. Yeah. He connects we'll to the top. We'll, we will see. But honestly, yeah. he's going gray and I like it. I'm intrigued. They're somehow, you know, making me turn babyface with Corbin, if that's what they're doing. And honestly, and you, Mike, <laughs> you, uh, I, I think I think over the years I have uh, seen, I, I've liked Baron Corbin because he's there every week. He's he's yeah. on TV. He, uh, he puts <laughs> in the work. Uh, but it's gl- I'm glad to see, you know, kind of him turning around in your eyes. Uh, yeah, as a sympathetic character. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, but that seems to be... Uh, where they're going with this, but wow. anyways, the match itself was not too, nothing too crazy. Nakamura hits the Kinsasha, gets the win to earn his spot, and just yeah, kind of further make you feel sorry for Corbin. So. Yeah, like a like the heartbroken heel after like yeah. you know a year and a half plus of the King status. Uh, also, Big E and Pat McAfee uh, ringside getting uh get, get sitting on the couch oh, yeah, getting some like, pennies. <laughs> yeah. I liked yeah, this. Um, uh, I've heard that the, or rather, the Pat McAfee situation is kind of a little up in the air from what I understand right now. Um, so he's going to try to come on the road once So, exactly. The way that it worked, I think he had, like, you know, because he has his own kind of show and brand. I mean, he's, he is for the brand. Um, in, and they, they, they have a location in Miami or something. So it was a quick kind of way to get there. Uh, but what I've heard is that he is unsure about how long, uh, he can, he, he would be able to go on the road for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'd love to see him through a few live dates. I think the crowd will pop huge for him. You know, like, right. uh, you know, when the announcers come down before all the, before the, before the matches actually kind of start and they, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to pop huge for Pat McAfee. So <laughs> I certainly see him still being as successful in front of a live audience. If nothing else, maybe more so because he will get them pumped up. Yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, I hope that, uh, yeah, they can both make it, both sides can make it work. Yeah. I, I think WWE, I mean, WWE is cutting all their, you know, pay some of that, uh, fucking Ruby riot money. Give it to Pat McAfee, maybe, you know, for a couple private jets or some hotel stays or something. I don't know. I don't know. You just released a lot of people. So they they have some excess cash sticking around. Yeah. Does uh, McAfee's show, when does that air? Is it like live? It's uh, daily Monday or Monday through Monday through Friday. Every day. Yeah. So it's a daily, 
But, you know, the commitment of, you know, I mean, Friday nights and then uh, one Sunday a month. Who knows? Who knows how those kind of schedules? I think they can make it work. I mean, you know, I feel like I hope I hope so. I hope they could make it work. Yeah. Anyways. Um, we got a tag match here. Natalia and Tamina taking on. Well, it's a mystery team that uh, ends up making their debut because the tank pulls up. We all know that tank. That's Shotzi Blackheart. But they're just calling her Shotzi, so they might have cut out that second name. But uh, you also might expect Amber Moon here, but instead she's got Tegan Knox with her this time. So who they were just calling Knox? Just Knox, yeah. Which, so now we kind of got Knox and Shotzi, Shotzi and Knox. Uh, yeah. I don't think uh, they needed to cut the names, but oh, Shotzi Blackheart's a cool name. Yeah, it's a cool name, but uh, this looks to be just. An official call-up. This is not just a one-off here. So, well, um, and, I, and I only think that too because, like, we never see just one-offs. Yeah, it never really. happens, despite the fact that it could happen uh, in these sorts of women's tag sorts of options, right? Like, I can't think of the last person to just show up for a day and then go back. N- yeah. Not in a rumble situation. Yeah, and they were hyping them good on commentary and everything. Mm-hmm. So. It was fun. Fun little match. Not for the tag titles, but the NXT girls look great. Uh, Shotzi hits her big senton off the top rope, which they're calling the ball pit. And that gets her the three count. So big win for her and Knox in their debut. Yeah, I also I also caught that. The ball pit. Yeah. Give them the titles already. I don't care. Because <laughs> Natalia and Tamina aren't doing anything with them. Yeah, it was almost like a felt like a glorified squash. But yeah, depth to the SmackDown Women's Division. I mean, fuck, we got rid of the Iconics. We got rid of any kind of like semblance of the Riot Squad. Um, yeah. And I bet they've been holding these belts since what? Since Mania? Uh, or like the month after Mania. Jesus Christ, that's I a think, long time. But yeah, either way, though, we were saying, yeah, the SmackDown Women's Division needs some lifeblood. And that's two uh, two real good cards you just called up there. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, but then some unfortunate news. Uh, the women's division also takes a small hit here, or a big hit, but um, Bailey has a serious, I guess she tore her ACL or something in her knee. She's going to be out for nine months minimum, so God. that sucks. But Sonya Well, Deville's it sucks because gonna... it's our fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bailey, <laughs> she let us know it is our fault. She blames us for her misfortune. Well, I mean, in a roundabout way, it kind of is because they had an extra training session for the return of fans, and that's where she injured herself in this training session. So, if fans were coming back, who knows? Exactly. If we I, see, I maybe I started to think myself, "Fuck! I wish we could stay in the Thunderdome." <laughs> oh no! Sorry. <laughs> we'll take the sacrifice. Bailey takes one for the team. But uh, Sonya Deville comes out because we got a you know she was supposed to face Bel Air. Bailey was for that title, so. We gotta figure out a replacement, uh, and Sonya Deville says it's gonna be Carmella, just like that. Uh, so I think we're all a little disappointed, but Carmella comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you heard that inhale that I had, <laughs> and it's like I, you know, and then and when uh, shortly after, uh, shot Knox and Shotzi. Uh, this was right on the heels of seeing them, and it, retrospectively, I think it would have been more fun to maybe just bring up someone from NXT. Like, why not just Io Shirai? It's not a match that you wanted to keep the title on Bianca Belair anyways. 
Mm-hmm. It could be cool. It would be different. It would give somebody else a chance. Uh, but Carmella, I don't know if she's the one that uh, needs this opportunity. No, and it's uh, yeah, it's not very interesting, and especially the way Sonya just keeps giving it to her when she was not even winning matches, really. Yeah, and also Carmella and Bianca are two kind of similar in their like take like snap 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 take no shit kind of <laughs> attitude. They're both yeah. like the heel and face version of the same person right now. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But uh, Liv Morgan agrees with the both of us. So she comes out and she's just like, Sonia, what the fuck is this about? You just keep appointing Carmella into all these matches and I'm the one who's been winning the last few weeks. And Liv gets right in Sonia's face, backs her into the corner. But then DeVille just says, shut up. I was just about to announce that you are the one replacing Carmella in the Money in the Bank ladder match. So get the hell out of here before I change my mind. So Liv's like, all right. And she walks off. Get a, get a future opportunity. I mean, hell, I'd rather uh, I'd rather take on you know six one and six versus one on one. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, either way, she's in the ladder match, and I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the ladder match is feeling a little weak. I gotta say, um, we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of the call ups, we're not done yet because. We got a quick little promo video in between this for Tony Storm, who is coming soon to SmackDown. So just like that, three call-ups for NXT. Well, yeah, big surprise too, which was uh, which was pretty cool. But yeah, watch out, Pat McAfee's announce table. That thing's she's coming for it. <laughs> she's coming for it. It's going down. It's going down. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Cesaro taking on Seth Rollins for the final Money in the Bank spot in that men's match. Um. And hopefully the final match between these two for a little while, because, you know, the work's always good, but we've seen it. Yeah, it's been, what, three-ish months, three-plus months of this now? Yeah, so, anyways, they go back and forth. At one point, the turnbuckle pad gets ripped off, and I don't know if he even hit it, but somehow Cesaro got his forehead cut open pretty good there. Yeah, I also uh, missed the the blade. All right? Yeah, I yeah. think it was a cut. It wasn't a blade. <laughs> I don't think it was a blade, but either way, it was a deep, or it wasn't, it was a good cut. Um, and then Rollins makes it worse. He just DDTs that big, bald, bloody head right onto the steel ramp. Um, and then he puts, throws Cesaro back into the ring. Cesaro tries to counter with a big uppercut, but Seth avoids it, hits the curb stomp, gets a three count as the blood drips from Cesaro. And Rollins gets that last spot in the Money in the Bank. And not only does Rollins get our last spot, or the last spot in that match, sort of uh, our blue brand top babyface takes another loss. Yeah. You know, Cesaro uh, slinking back to the mid card. Yeah, I think they only want to give him that little two-month win at WrestleMania, challenge Roman, and that was it. Now you're back to the mid. That's too bad. It is. Because, uh, yeah, he's one of the best on the roster when it comes to wrestling. Yeah, everyone loves him. Yeah, everyone loves him. Uh, but I don't know. Hopefully, he'll get another world titles shot someday. Agreed. Uh, but the final segment of the evening was uh, Edge coming out. And, yeah, talking about Roman, the Usos, this upcoming title shot. And he just wants Romans to come out here. So Reigns comes out. But then Usos come out after him thinking this might be a trap. So, uh, anyways, Reigns and Edge start fighting, and then Rey Mysterio and Dominic show up with some chairs to fight the Usos, so it's just chaos all over the place. Roman scrambles away as Edge locks Uso in the crossface with the chair in his mouth. With the chair leg. 
Or it almost looks like a... Chair leg, yeah. It almost looks like, you know, kind of one of those, you know, like those things that the cops, or, you know, it's like, you like, you whip it out. It's like something you like beat someone with, you know, like the cops would. It's like an extendable Whatever that thing, whatever that thing is called. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Either way, that's like his new thing now. He sticks it in your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's his new thing. He's in one of two weeks right now. (laughs) Um, The Mysterios were off TV just long enough for me to forget about them. So when they when they returned to close the show, it was actually a nice little surprise. I had completely forgotten uh, anything. Maybe Ray needed a little more time to heal after Hell in a Cell than they would have hoped. Uh, mm-hmm. He is in his mid forties, so you know he probably can't <laughs> deal with the the structure uh, as he can. Um, so that was nice, but yeah, it was like uh, I forgot they were champs. That's that was really honestly the biggest thing I got from this ending segment. <laughs> what yeah. was ending segment? And I was yeah. also trying to think of think of like how they would do like the six man tag. Like that's I feel like that's this week's main event of SmackDown. I think that I saw that that they announced that. Is yeah. it? Yeah, I was about to say like so. that makes sense. <laughs> Back to fans. Yeah, That's the, the six-man tag. That's going to be a hot crowd. Um, but no, no one can stop Roman Reigns. So what's the point? <laughs> what's the point, Edge? Good, yeah, good. But, you're a uh, good Canadian kid, but uh, I don't support this. <laughs> uh, but uh, once again, this was only a three-match SmackDown. Yeah. But, hey, it was concise. It was, you know, there was a lot of some decent stuff, some call-ups. Yeah, which is weird. It's, you know, same length as something like AEW. Sometimes AEW feels like they're just tossing in matches just for fun. <laughs> like, fucking, <laughs> let's get this. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Somehow, SmackDown can take two hours uh, and kind of, yeah, accomplish so much in a very nice period, nice, nice frame of time, you know? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, not a bad final SmackDown for the Thunderdome. Yeah, not a bad final SmackDown. Roman Reigns, thank you for the Thunderdome and everything you did. Uh, even though, you know, you showed up you showed up late to the party. Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman were the ones that kind of carried the early parts of the Thunderdome there. Yeah, and Sasha Bailey. Sa- well, Sasha Bailey, oh, yeah, Sasha Bailey, of course. They they carried SmackDown for the, for the that, you know, until Roman well, came back. Well, a little, yeah. They all, yeah, you know what? Uh, we'll always remember the Thunderdome era. Literally, I will <laughs> never forget the fight pit and the Thunderdome. The two things that I just will never forget. Uh, well, let's just go over to the final show, the curtain call of the Thunderdome. Uh, Monday Night Raw. Let's get raw! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because that's it. Because that's it. If there's ever been one, like this show needs, this show definitely needs a live audience more than anything. This this show needs an inject a big old adrenaline rush straight into the butt. Yeah. Um. So let's uh let's do it by uh, getting into it. You know, we kick off actually. It's action right away. It's actually Bobby Lashley and Xavier Woods. Because of course Kofi is taking on Bobby this weekend. Uh, in that match, which should be a lot of fun. Should be. I mean, we kind of wanted that at the last pay-per-view, but we're getting it now, Mm -hmm. so that's fine. Uh, But yeah, Lashley's just dominating early on. Xavier hits some nice high-flying moves, but then Bobby just takes over once again, hits a big spear, which Xavier just sells in agony. But uh, when Bobby goes to cover him, he gets caught with an inside cradle, and Woods gets a three-count. 
just like that. He's pinned the champion. Pinned. Huge win. Pinned the champ, huh? Pinned the champion. Yes, the man, Bobby Lashley. I mean, so uh, if so if Xavier Woods can do it, certainly Kobe Kingston can do it. I mean, I think that's what they want you to think. I mean, that's what but, I have to think. I mean, yeah, I guess you. <laughs> I can't tell you what to think, mm-hmm. but you're allowed to think it. And uh, as I think this was the last we saw of Xavier Woods on the show, uh, for me, he's a real MVP of this Thunderdome era. I mean, the New Day in t- on this entirely, are, you know, are kind of like as a group, are the three guys who could talk. And if you were to ask me two years ago, hey, who could talk in front of no one and still make it fun? I'd probably <laughs> pick the New Day over Roman, over Charlotte, over Drew, over... AJ, I'd probably put in that group, you know, of someone who could just talk and make it fun. Uh, But yeah, Xavier Woods and the rest of the New Day, uh, they really took, they they don't need a crowd to respond to them. They they know what they're, they they, they got this figured out. Like, this is fun for them. Sometimes those early Drew promos felt terrible. Anytime (laughs) Nia Jax talks in front of a fucking video screen, it sounds terrible. AJ, he's still pretty good. (laughs) I'll give it, I'll still give it to AJ. Yeah. Well, either way, this is a big win for Xavier. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Uh, Then we go to Alexa's Playground with her guests, Eva Marie and Dewdrop. And, uh, you know, the whole time, Bliss is actually pretty nice to Dewdrop. But Eva's just, you know, being herself, doing most of the talking, being cocky, insulting the playground itself. Um, And she just kind of walks off because she's all about the evolution. The evolution. Yeah, I heard uh, a wild theory. Um, Uh-oh. So Alexa's being nice to Dewdrop because you get you put together Lily Dewdrop, and that's something. <laughs> wait, wait, that's as in, like that's as in that's a name. That's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Lily Dewdrop. Oh, that's Lily like a Dewdrop. thing in the world, like in nature or something. Yeah, that's like a thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I thought. I thought. I thought you were. I. Uh, no, I, I don't know, know what I thought I you were going to say. That's all I got. <laughs> Good one. Uh, but anyways, there's something to that. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to Jinder Mahal coming out with his pals Veer and Shanky, um, and they're in the ring. And there's, there, you know, they got the old table with the red curtain. Something's underneath that sheet. And Jinder's just cutting a promo on Drew McIntyre. And then Drew pops up on the screen to respond, and Jinder pulls off the red sheet to reveal the Claymore, which he stole last week from Drew. It's been decimated, broken in half, vandalized. Uh, but then Drew is just like, ha ha, you, you took the replica. This is the real Claymore. <laughs> the old switcheroo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess he brings two every week. But um, yeah, but then Drew walks over to Jinder's motorcycle. And uh, just starts ripping it apart with his bare hands. Just tears off the exhaust, smashes it, kicks it over. Uh, yeah, fucks up his bike. Yeah, but he didn't do all that much damage to the bike. Like, a good mechanic could have fixed what the damage Drew McIntyre did with maybe a couple hundred <laughs> bucks. Um, it's certainly not, you know, pouring cement into a car. or Well, remember when Braun Strowman ripped, ripped apart the... Uh, it was like the gift that the uh, SNL guys gave him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of, he broke a lot of cars. He broke so <laughs> many cars. Uh, Braun, we hardly, we hardly knew ye. Uh, um, should be at, uh, 
He is some car company should hire him for a commercial. I'm sure they have. Our cars are indestructible. I'm sure they have. Does he have a, a post WWE name yet? Because it could be something like ca- car. Probably... Could be something like car just destroyer. <laughs> car crusher. Car crush. <laughs> car crusher. Um. Uh, well, someone who got a new name recently. We've got Nikki Ash up next, teaming with Asuka to take on Naomi. Oh wait, no. This wasn't a tag team match. This wasn't a tag. No, it was four. It was uh, one of those old four-on-fours. You got a uh, fatal four-way. Fatal four-way, right? So we have uh, Alexa, uh, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Naomi, Oscar, Nikki Ash, obviously a baby face. Oscar, probably just a baby face, right? Yeah, I'd say. Na- I'd say Naomi. Where do you put her? I'd say she's mostly baby face. She's mostly baby face, right? So either Alexa Bliss is a heel. Or there were just four baby faces in this matchup. Yeah, I think at this point they want Bliss to be a baby face. I know. I even know. though she's still kind of mean to people. Even though she's mean <laughs> to a lot of people, including <laughs> the Fiend. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, during this match, Eva, Marie, and Dewdrop come strolling down, and Bliss walks over to Eva. Dewdrop steps in, but then, uh, yeah, she picks up Bliss, tosses her over the barricade. But then when Eva goes to look at the damage, Bliss has disappeared. And then back in the ring, Asuka and Nikki go back and forth, ending in a nice pinning combination by Nikki to get a three count once again. So she's got to be one of the favorites now going into Money in the Bank. All these wins. She has to be. She has to be. I mean, be. If in Vegas. I'm not saying in Vince's mind. <laughs> the Vegas odds. Yeah, well, she's been getting a lot of wins, right, um, yeah. lately. It would have been nice, uh, Mike, and they fucking, didn't they announce all the ma- all the participants of the Money in the Bank, like, as, like immediately after the last pay-per-view? It would have been nice to see maybe, you know, this, you know, the women's match on the show this week to have stakes. Maybe this could have been the final qualifier for uh, that Money in the Bank ladder match. Because, yeah, there was nothing really at stake. And I feel like the, I've, I've sort of maybe the Bliss, Eva Marie, Dewdrop kind of interaction there at the end. Or in the yeah, middle there. Weird. I feel like on the Raw side, well, yeah, they kind of rushed it. Because the SmackDown side, they still were figuring it out. They're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, so... Uh, way to go, Alexa Bliss, for making this character just and somewhat palatable. Uh, you're tur- <laughs> you're tur- you're you're polishing turds every Monday night for three hours, and uh, we thank you from from the Thunderdome and uh, beyond. And beyond, uh, we get some singles action here. AJ Styles takes on Ivar of the Viking Raiders, and you know what? We all know AJ can't have a bad match, so. Ivar holds his own, and this, you know, he's so athletic for his size. This mm-hmm. is fun. Uh, the finish, though, is kind of not not too big of a move. AJ just kind of runs at Ivar into the corner, and he jumps up, lands on him, and covers him for the three. That's a bit of a big upset there. Yeah, I'd call that a big upset. I mean, at this point, AJ is just, he's doing what, he's doing a job. Yeah, he doesn't mind. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's big for Ivar. Yeah, no, really big, and, of course, uh, they have a tag team title match coming up on Sunday. Yeah, and of course, since they did the the first half of this tag singles match, they got to do the second half. So, right after this, Eric takes on Omos, who is making his official singles debut here, and uh, yeah, looking pretty solid for the for being such a big man. And Eric tries to chop down the giant, but Omos just shuts him down, picks him up with the big. 
double-handed choke slam to get the win. And then I understood why AJ lost uh, in that yeah. first match because obviously Omas is going to win. See, if Vegas was taking live bets during the show, as soon as AJ loses and this match comes up next, I'm oh my, putting all, all my money. All your money. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's 25 cents of a payout, you're like, well, it still makes sense, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah, but uh, anyways, Sheamus comes out next and he's set, or he's backstage first because he's finally about to defend that U.S. title that he won months ago uh, against Humberto Carrillo. He ends up attacking him backstage, throws him all around, and then he walks past Damian Priest, who gives him a dirty look. Uh, but Umberto still wants to fight, so he just limps his way out to the ring, and we have an official title match. Sheamus, Umberto, the bell rings. Uh, Carrillo can barely even stand, so Sheamus just walks up, broke kicks him, gets the win, defends his title. But, hey, at least it was an official defense. So Yeah, it's hard to grade a match that only has one move. Uh, yeah. but, um, well, I guess there was that SummerSlam, Randy Orton. Wasn't Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan? No, it was Seamus Daniel Bryan at Mania. Wasn't yeah, that just, a, there wasn't a, that just a fucking brogue kick and you're done? Yeah. That's there's sick. been a few. That's uh, uh, God, but, I wish I would have seen, I mean, that was at, that was at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. WrestleMania 29. God, I wish I would have seen that. I wish I would have seen that. I would have gone. I would have been sad. <laughs> well, of, well, of course, you know, but I, I, I would have been, oh. and that's the thing with the live crowd. You're getting, we're getting shocked again. Yeah, we're actually shocked. being shocked. Oh, that was yeah. When I saw Goldberg do that to Lesnar, I was shocked. Oh yeah, you were there at that Survivor, yeah, the Survivor series. series. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, and we, well, actually, you know, you have seen Brock Lesnar twice lose yeah he's always uh yeah no i mean i mean is... i mean you specifically like brock lesnar's like losing percentage or win percentage is fucking through the roof he's lost like yeah. a handful of matches his entire career and you've actually seen two of them that's pretty uh yeah that's an interesting fact i didn't think about you're right before. up there with uh <laughs> green shirt guy yeah <laughs> um so anyways, maybe Sheamus is still hurt, so this was the way to just get him to have a quick match. Yeah, keep him there. I mean, God, the guy's got to be like 40. He's wearing that plastic thing. He's looking like Batman with the black The guy's got to be 42 years old now. Uh, he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have much time left in him. That didn't sound like a guess. <laughs> that sounded precise. No, I, no, uh, no, I think it was a guess, but uh, he could be cl probably close to 42. <laughs> well, anyways, at the very end, uh, Damian Priest comes out to chase him off, so I guess that'll be the next challenge. Damian Priest, who challenge. we've also seen. Uh, 43. Hey, I was pretty damn hey, close. Um, uh, Damian Priest, who we've also not seen a lot. Who's also like 39. Like, th these guys are fucking... <laughs> hey, these guys are fucking old. Jesus Christ. I mean, the wrestling business is different now, though. People aren't doing all these crazy drugs. They live longer. They live longer. You know? They're being healthier, you know. But I it, mean, Sting is in his 60s, for God's sakes. We see him every AJ's week. like 45. And then I'm thinking to myself, God, these guys are this fucking old. Like, Jungle Boy doesn't stand a chance. He's only, like, 26. He's going to have to work another 20 years before uh, <laughs> he gets up there. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> oh, it's gonna be funny seeing them 20 years from now. Yeah, MJF doing the same gimmick <laughs> in 20, for the next 25 years. Uh, well, let's go to Ricochet taking on John Morrison in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Because, you know, these two have actually been having a good little feud here. Where I don't mind seeing rematches because they keep up in the ante. 
Yeah, and uh, we, we, we haven't seen them much. They don't perform much for us to begin with. Yeah. They're both extremely athletic and strong, <laughs> uh, possibly more athletic and strong than half the uh, the rest of the roster. Definitely. So, falls count anywhere. They're fighting outside the ring. Uh, Miz is using his drip sticks. You know, we get a 450 splash off the barricade, and then uh, Ricochet just hits a huge, he like runs off the ring post, big shooting star press to the floor. He's just so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mist keeps trying to interfere, so Matt Riddle comes down, scooters out to stop him, uh, tips Miz over in his wheelchair, so he's just stuck on his back like a turtle. <laughs> and then they set a ladder up. They set the ladder up across from the ring to the announce table. Morrison gets laid out on the ladder, onto the ladder, and then Ricochet just hits a big diving splash off the top rope, breaking Morrison and the ladder. And then he covers him right there for three counts. You know what? I'm I'm conv- Ricochet might just be an actual superhero. You know, we used to make fun of it for that, uh, the way that they would pop. But the way that he just kind of moves, uh, the way that he sells, he it's you know even other wrestlers on their best days might be able to compete with uh, some of the things that Ricochet can just do on television. It's incredible. Nothing take no not taking away anything away from Morrison. Joe no. Jomo uh, it was also great. But yeah, this was the definitely like. If there was one thing to watch on Raw this week, it was 100% this match. This match went on for longer than 15 minutes for a guy who usually is on main event and <laughs> another guy who is the other guy to... <laughs> yeah, normally the second-hand man. Yeah, normally the second-hand man. So, yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was incredible. Yeah, this was great. Great showcase for Ricochet. And, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see a lot more in the ladder match itself. So. Mm-hmm. This was just a nice little warm-up and a fun little feud they've been having. Agreed. Uh, then, for no reason at all, we have Rhea Ripley taking on Natalia. Um, I guess just because Natalia's in the Money in the Bank match? I don't know. Um, I think because Natalia is uh, on the roster. <laughs> or maybe, uh, she well, lives, I mean, she's... maybe she lives the closest to the Thunderdome, <laughs> and they had forgotten something. And like shit, who like could logistically get here the fastest? Uh, so they called Natalia. Well, uh, Tamina showed up as well. She was on the outside, just trying to cause trouble. Uh, but eventually, Rhea hits Natty with a stiff kick to the head, followed by the Riptide to get the win. But then afterwards, Charlotte comes out, attacks her from behind, puts her in the figure four, and kind of like hangs over the edge of the ring for that added weight, extra leverage. Yeah, you know what? Maybe Natalia, instead of her being like just logistically the closest to the Thunderdome, which is still a very much so option, is she's kind of like the she. I feel like she's the Ziggler of the women's division. <laughs> it's just like you, 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 you need somebody that can like keep up with a that somebody you can keep up with a competitor, kind of highlight the other person's strengths, uh, make you look good. Just fucking you put them in the ring, Ziggler. He, yeah. And Natalia is that 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 kind of matriarch of the women's division now, a hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, you know, and this was and the, after a long string of like poor Rhea Ripley performances, this was like okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's <that's> strong. <laughs> uh, but then MVP comes out for the final segment. He's got the train of ladies with him. Uh, he's ready to host the VIP lounge. And he introduces the almighty Bobby Lashley, but he doesn't come out. So he has to introduce him multiple times before Lashley finally comes out. And he's just 
not looking happy. Um, so he gets in the ring and tells the ladies, you got to excuse yourselves because this is serious. So, uh, Anyways, he talks to MVP about Kofi and everything he said was right. Um, I've lost my edge and I've gone soft and now I lost to Xavier Woods. So I appreciate all you've done for me, but this is bullshit. Uh, this bullshit needs to stop now and we got to go back to business. And then he just starts smashing the set. Um, cuts one final scathing promo on Kofi and closes the show with that. That's how that's how we end. Strong segment for Bobby Lashley too, who we yeah, strong Mike work. We and we, we, we never get the chance. We never get the chance to uh, hear him speak, or when we do, it's often in kind of like short grunts. Uh, so yeah, this was great. He looked convincingly outraged. Yeah. A bullshit. They gave him a bullshit. They, they gave him a bullshit. Hey, well, you know, hey, it was t- it was t- it was ten forty fifty six on a Monday yeah. night. You know, you can get ready to let <laughs> loose, maybe. Um, but that was Monday Night Raw, and um, that and that was it. That was the end of the Thunderdome era. It's safe to say I don't think anybody will be missing those LED screens uh, next week. <laughs> no. I don't think I ever, ever. I don't think I ever will. Can't wait for tomorrow night SmackDown. Next week's Monday Night Raw, of course. The pay for you on the weekend, all in front of fans. Uh, that was the first half of our show, Mike. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a break from uh, the podcast, and we will be back. We've got uh, NXT. We've got Fighter Fest Night One. So you're gonna want to stick around. back folks part two of uh of the shoot brothers podcast here the thunderdome is in our rear view no more no more do we need to uh think about it even think about it and i swear if they even bring up the words thunderdome on television just once i will lose my shit (laughs) well uh, prepare to have your shit lost. I know, they're going to say it at least once. Uh, but let's move on past the Thunderdome in, uh, past the lot, you know, past all that excitement of the, uh, of the main roster there. Of course, we'll talk about, about Money in the Bank a little bit later, but let's move on to the, uh, Capital Wrestling Center because, of course, we have, uh, a big main event this week, um, on this week's edition of NXT. NXT. What does it mean? Ba-dum. I don't know, but it's some good wrestling, so NXT, watch and see, gotta tap out a count out of one, two, three, so. The big announcement coming out of the bash was that we are going to be getting Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano in a championship match um, with Samoa Joe as the uh, special guest referee. Yeah, and with, uh, you know, Cross making these little main roster teases on main event, the uh, rumors are swirling. That uh, he could be dropping the title tonight, so let's see. I, oh, and you know, with Nick, Nikki Ash, we all know about that. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, let's get into it. We, uh, we don't actually get it. Well, of course, that's going to be our main event. Yeah. Um, but uh, following the departure of her, uh, of her best friend Shotzi, unfortunately, Ember Moon is walking down to the ring alone. Yeah, and walking. No more tank. No more tank. No more free run. <laughs> uh, and she's taking on Dakota Kai. Who uh, still has her friend Raquel, of course. So, but uh, yeah, they have a good match here. Moon was looking her bumping real good. I love the way she sells for Dakota, just like bounces off her head and spikes herself hard. Looks good. 
But uh, yeah, anyways, Dakota eventually hits her, or she like hangs her off the rope, launches her into the GTK, and that gives Dakota Kai the win. But after the match, Zaya Lee comes marching down to the ring, and she walks past Dakota right into the face of Raquel. Well, not the face. It was <laughs> more like her chest. Yeah, <laughs> there's a bit of a height difference there. Yeah, but uh, Zaya still looks badass. Just coming here, getting right, in, getting right in front of Raquel, and she lets her know she wants a shot at the title. And I'm down for that. Uh, it might be a little soon because I don't want Zaya Lee to lose, but I'm interested in the match. Yeah, feels a little, feels a little premature. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe NXT, maybe Triple H is up there, maybe scrambling, following the departure of three major stars. Uh, on his brand, right? Like Ember Moon with Shotzi was on the up and up, and now I start worrying. Well, gosh, what's a what's a woman like her about to do? Yeah, and I thought Shotzi, you know, she hadn't even really tapped the the title, the singles title picture yet. No, but who knows? Uh, Zia Lee, though. I mean, that's a big opportunity. The crowd likes her so far, so we'll see. And no word, no word on when that's returning to live crowd, no. I mean, it's semi-live crowd right now. Yeah, but why not even just going back to full sale? You know, something no, of that kind of size. Yeah. I guess, um, yeah, hopefully sooner, hopefully within the fall season. Probably not in as big of a rush as the main roster. But. Mm -hmm. Either way, uh, we go backstage where the Diamond Mine are being interviewed, and the returning Bobby Fish walks up, gets right in their face, but he's not facing Roddy tonight. He's going to go against Tyler Rust. So save that undisputed matchup. The uh, the UA. Ooh, we could have a little tournament, maybe. You know, a little kind of round robin between the four of them, each kind of taking on each other, and then <laughs> then we'll tally up the scores yeah, and go from there. Kind of like that. Sure, it'll happen eventually. They'll they'll all cross. But uh, then we go off location to LA Knight's mansion, where Cameron Grimes arrives to start his new butler job. Uh, but first, LA Knight wants to give him a makeover. So they sit him down in the chair. They just go at him with the clippers, but not too much. They just do a little trim here. He's still got his beard, still got the hair. They just kind of slick it back, tie it up, make him look. Uh, they give him the old butler penguin suit and the white gloves. Mm -hmm. Standard butler. Uh, but we'll see more of that later. More on that. Because we go to that match, we promise. Tyler Russ takes on Bobby Fish. Uh yeah, mid-match, Fish hits Rust with a big suplex into the ropes. He lands hard upside down. Roddy Strong doesn't like that, so he jumps up on the apron, distracts Bobby. Uh, this allows Rust to uh, nail Fish with a big kick to the side of the head, and that gets him the win. So, uh, yeah, and then afterwards, Diamond Mine just jump in, beat him down, until Kushida runs out, makes the save. But I kind of like that. Yeah, Diamond Mine. They're kind of Roddy Strong. I think is coming for that cruiserweight title. That's that's a big name to go for it. Yeah, that yeah that'd be a, that'd be a big thing to have. Uh, is it just me? Did you hear the crowd chanting "This is garbage"? Mm, I don't think so, oh. but uh, yeah, I didn't listen that close. Okay, okay. I I, I thought there was a, a th it seem like this a bad is garbage. You? Pardon? Yeah. Did it seem like a bad match to you? I don't think so. I mean, it was three minutes and a distraction ending, so maybe not. They chanted after the match or during the match they were chanted? After. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. 
I guess. Uh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, this 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 NXT live crowd is all all over all over the fucking place. Between yeah. Boo, they're vigilantes. They they are they're, they are, they're like yeah they're uh they're a Punisher style of superhero where he gets the yeah. job done, but he's stays <laughs> going down. He ain't going down without a fight. They're booing MSK. They're uh yeah a little all over the place. But uh, maybe go listen. I'll, maybe I'll listen back to that. And see if I was right. Uh, I I thought I heard this is garbage. Hmm, no, I'll have to. I'll have to see. Okay. Uh, then we get Gigi Dolan with. Um, she comes out with this. This was like a Sweet Dreams ripoff, like the Marilyn Manson version of Sweet Dreams. Yeah, the theme the- sounded very much the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, hey, they signed her a while ago. She hasn't really shown up much, but she looks cool. I like her. Uh, Gigi Dolan taking on Saray here. They have a competitive match going on, but in the middle of it, Mandy Rose shows up. Uh, just kind of dressed in, you know, a little suit. But what's she doing here? Scouting? I don't know. Uh, rumor tells me that she has been switched from Raw to NXT. Just like that. Wow. Just like that. So Dana Brooke is Dana Brooks on her own. Oh, poor Dana. But anyways, Gigi puts up a good fight. But Saray hits her hard with a nasty looking Saito suplex. And that gets her the win. So Saray remains unbeaten here in NXT. Yeah, uh, unbeaten. Mandy Rose, though. I mean, so Mandy Rose was the big surprise of the whole match, which almost kind of overshadows anything that these two could have done in the ring. Yeah, and uh, she shows up later again, I think, to like talk to the Robert Stone people. or Yeah, after someone, the Robert Stone match, yeah, she shows up there, and then her and uh, um, Frankie Monet have Frankie a little Monet. back and forth. No Presley, though. Yeah, well, you know, maybe I think, he's taking I think Presley's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, either way, I yeah. Sources say Mandy Rose is here to stay. Okay, we'll have to. Uh, hey, 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 hey. hey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, could be good. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Dexter Loomis takes on Santos Escobar, but uh, Loomis is having to deal with the rest of Legato the whole match. So basically, three on one, and they just keep taking cheap shots behind the ref's back, slam him into the ring post. Which allows Santos to hit the Phantom Driver, get the win. But then afterwards, Indy Hartwell comes out and carries Dexter, but she falls under his weight, lands right on top of him. And then she puckers her lips, ready to kiss him, but Candace just comes running out, tackles her down, cock blocking everyone. And uh, yeah, that's how that happened. That's how that's how that happened. I think also, uh, you know, sort of in and around that time too. Yeah, hit row came down they, oh, yeah, they, they met up with legato del fantasma at the ramp kind of did a little uh kind of did a little you know stare down or whatever because yeah i think hit row versus legato is the way to go nxt uh has two dangerous ready to feud stables uh yeah, boom that could be yeah yeah that could be fun uh we go back to the night residence where grimes has to mow his gigantic lawn but not with a riding mower. He's got to use the old mechanical push, you know, mm-hmm. the Bart Simpson mower. Yeah, the old one, the <laughs> old school. Yeah. Uh, but then we kick off this NXT breakout tournament with a first round matchup between Duke Hudson and Ikemen Jiro. Uh, Jiro, you know, he's, he's this flashy, charismatic, high-flying guy. Hudson's this bruiser style, but uh, yeah. They go back and forth. Hudson hits the big boss man slam, gets the win. 
moves on to the second round. You know, you you call him Duke Hudson. I remember Brandon Vink. Oh yeah, the Vink. <laughs> I remember that name. Uh, I think he was yeah around. He was places. He was here on he was NXT. On yeah, he was on Raw for a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, this is his first time on television in like a fucking year. I didn't um, recognize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we got a new we got a new name there. Brandon Vink. Well, is is there anything at stake? Have they mentioned if this is going to give them? Like mm, okay, maybe like a North American title shot. Well, even like a title shot is fine, but you just lose it. But it's still a title yeah. shot, you know. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, look out, Duke Hudson. <laughs> then we go to women's tag team action: Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter taking on Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. Uh, team Casey, they hit a nice 450 splash neckbreaker combo. That's their finisher. They beat the Robert Stone brand. And afterwards, Aaliyah, she's had it. She just shoved Robert Stone to the ground and says, I've helped you way more than you ever helped me. And then she just beats the shit out of him. And then that's when Frankie Monet came out. And yeah, I think that's when, uh, yeah, Mandy Rose. So they're all kind of saying, fuck Robert Stone. Let's get together, girls. and Let's be empowered women. Exactly. <laughs> My words, not theirs. And, uh, <laughs> and for Team KC over there on the other side, uh, a tag team, uh, maybe, you know, maybe getting a bit better. Uh, yeah, maybe you know. you know, maybe should be on television a bit more. I don't know. Yeah, the titles are here, so they got something to fight for. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, we once again go to the LA Knight residence where Grimes is lounging by the pool, where he has hired some random kid to just do the yard, or uh, do the raking and doing all his chores for him. So Knight gets pissed, yells at him, and Grimes goes to pay the kid and knocks Knight in the pool. The kid kicks night. I don't know. Classic, uh, classic. The money fell on the ground. Then my, then he goes pick it up. Then he pushes him over. Everybody's laughing at the end. <laughs> it was just a classic. Uh, what's up with these Florida pools that are like in glass enclosures? I don't know. Does it uh, rain a lot there? Like, what's the point? Well, there are. Yeah, it does rain a lot. Hurricanes. Is that why? That I mean, that could that <laughs> but, could be why. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's or maybe it's temperature. Maybe it's colder. I don't know. Maybe they want to cool off in the pool and just, it's in the sun all day. I've just always been a little bit curious. Um, but let's get to our let's get to our main event. Um, because it is time, of course. Uh, they're actually uh, so because we have carrying cross taking on Jerry Gargano, Samoa Joe, special guest guest officiant. Samoa Joe himself had actually been all over the place backstage all episode He's a busy man. um he was talking to the way at one point him and pete dunn had a little bit of a stare down uh towards each other of course he went up to carrying cross and was like hey follow the rules follow the rules <laughs> yeah uh and he's here he's wearing the stripes he's here to enforce it so let's get to it uh they go back and forth a while early on there was really nothing too crazy until uh they go outside and cross power bombs Johnny hard onto the edge of the announce table, like the corner, right in his back. Looked painful there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, then later on, Cross has Johnny in a sleeper hold, and he's fading. But Gargano he gets to the ropes. Joe starts the count. Cross doesn't break after four, so Joe just grabs him and shoves him off. So you know they kind of get in each other's face, but Cross doesn't hit Joe. He uh, instead he just grabs Johnny, slams him around into the barricade. Then he looks at Joe and gives him the old, the double arm fuck you 
what do you call that? The uh, yeah, the <laughs> one across, the one, one across the <laughs> other. You could do it on TV because not everybody knows it's inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, so he does that, and then he picks up the steel steps, and he's ready to smash Gargano's brains in. But Joe just grabs the steps from behind, slams him down. He is a fantastic ref. He's keeping order here. Uh, one of the best, of, honestly, possibly ref of the year. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> in this one match, he's, he's got a chance. All you need is one. All you need is one. Yeah. Uh, so once again, Cross is getting in Joe's face. But this time, Gargano just comes flying through the ropes with a suicide dive, tornado DDT. Then he follows it up with the one final beat, makes the cover, but Cross kicks out at two. I, I bet. I bet. I bet, I bet uh, a couple <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Johnny tries to follow up, but then Cross gets a hold of him and hits him with a power bomb and doesn't release, just picks him up, slams him down again and again. Multiple power bombs. Then a doomsday Saito suplex. And then he stares right at Joe as he hits Johnny with the big back elbow to the head. Uh, that knocks him down for the three count. Carrying Cross retains. Yeah, yeah. I had us a couple times, though. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, Take they over. had us. Yeah, and I think, yeah, that extra bit of thinking Cross could get called up added to the, you know. The yeah, the kind of thinking <laughs> at any time he could be gone. Yeah, but we also, in the back of our minds, thought, hey, they've been teasing this Samoa Joe carrying Cross stuff, and mm -hmm. after the match is over, they keep John at each other, and Joe goes to leave the ring, and Cross grabs him from behind in the Cross jacket. Puts Joe to sleep. Uh, so, I mean, at this point, we have to be getting Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross. I mean, that sort of seems like, the, yeah, the way you got to do it for that NXT championship. Um, yeah, and I am all in for that. All in for that. Uh, Karrion Cross quickly becoming just huge heel heat, too. Like, we love Joe. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, uh, this is big. Uh, that could be a fun match. That one has to be in front of a big crowd. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully they can do something with a big crowd uh, sometime soon. Um, uh, and that was our whole NXT show. That was it. Uh, thank you, Capital Wrestling Center. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Next night. Next night, where in, on a brand where we're, we're just fucking back to normal at this point. This is business as usual for these motherfuckers because, of course, we are treating ourselves to another episode of AEW Dynamite. AEW. All Elite. They coming for you, Vince. Better watch out. It's too sweet. That's right. Big promo for uh, AEW Rampage. I don't know if you saw the trailer. It was uh, they they aired it kind of throughout the broadcast. So that'll be August sixteenth, which so is one month uh, tomorrow. Right around the corner. They have not specified whether or not it's gonna. I, I don't think it'll. I don't think it's gonna be like Raw SmackDown. I think it's gonna be just like. This is a show, and these are the wrestlers. And this is another show, and these are the wrestlers. Yeah. It doesn't seem as though there will be brand-to-brand -brand specific. No, I think it's just going to be like an extra hour of AEW. Mm -hmm. and it, but it's just going to be important. Like, it's going to be more important than Dark and Elevation. So is it's it going to be like Dynamite. How long? How, is it only a one-hour show? It's a one-hour show. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so that's why I think they tape other shows at the same night. So yeah, yeah, or yeah, they could maybe yeah tape dark, tape dark and rampage, or like the same night yeah. you do rampage. Yeah. Yeah, because then you're getting like 20 matches. Makes sense. If you want those. <laughs> but uh, this is Fighter Fest night one live from Texas, where it was a hot night and a hot crowd, 
And uh, let's just start off with the title match because we got the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. John Moxley, the wild thing, uh, facing machine gun Carl Anderson. And, uh, yeah, right off the bat, before we can even get any craziness, Eddie Kingston just takes out Gallows with a pipe on the outside, and they just kind of brawl to the back. So, you know. Thank God. <laughs> well, yeah, we got rid of the bad brother, so now the only good brother's left. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they kind of slug it out for a while. Carl Anderson, he hits this. It was sketchy at first, but a devastating sit-out tombstone pile driver. The move that Owen Hart fucked Steve Austin up with. Uh, and anytime you see that, you're thinking to yourself, oh, these guys better be good. Yeah. These guys better get Broken it. Broken neck. Uh, but no, this was awesome. The crowd was hot. Definitely. Uh, I mean, we mentioned it last week. Carl Anderson on his own is a different wrestler. And he, he looked great He's here. so much more than just one-liners. And like, I swear, this this Doc Gallows is a very bad influence for Carl uh, Anderson. <laughs> I think so. Uh, but anyways, eventually Moxley hits him with a big ripcord into the paradigm shift. And that gets a three. Retains that title in a great match. Yeah. Um, retains his title. And like we said, uh, Carl Anderson looking like a million bucks. Um, and it would be great to see this United States championship defended, uh, more on AEW. Mainly because, like, uh, um... New Japan keeps track of title defenses. Did you know this? Um, not specifically. It's a very kind of it's it seems to be a thing within them that you defend the title. And it is recorded how many times, you know, you actually do defend your title. Some people don't defend it at all, lose it in the first defense. Some guys like Moxley now, he's uh, defended this thing successfully 5 times over the last year and a half, right? Let's uh I'd love to see a little bit more. Yeah, and I think I heard somewhere that they kind of want the U.S. title to be defended over here on American soil more. I mean, it sort of seems it. it sort of seems like it would be part of that, like the new, uh, like the kind of American side of New Japan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either way, it's nice to see. Nice to see it defended. Amen. Um, and speaking of championship belts that we don't see defended as much, FTW title coming up right after this. So. <laughs> You got your FTW champ, Brian Cage, taking on Ricky Starks, who this crowd was in love with Ricky Starks, man. I know. Is he from Texas or something? I was like, like, these guys are just his friends. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but they were hot for Ricky and booing Brian Cage, who was, I mean, booked as the baby face. A little bit reverse of what I thought we'd be doing kind of going into it. But hey, you know. It was fun. I don't care. Yeah. Unexpected, but great. Uh, They did pop for Cage when he hits this. I don't know what it was like a pump handle face buster crazy looking move uh but then eventually they they both climb up to the top ropes uh oh yeah Starks gets down he picks up Cage for a big power bomb and Starks goes to grab the FTW title but then Hobbs stops him says no so looks like Starks is on his own here he's the only heel left but he turns around into an F5 from Cage for a big two count but then Hook comes out, distracts the ref on the other side. Hobbs nails Cage in the face with the belt. And Starks hits a big spear. And that gets him to three. He's won the FTW title. And new. 
Yeah, and it felt like it actually meant something. This match was really good. It was really good. It felt like it meant something. Um, a star-making match for Ricky Starks. I mean, the crowd certainly... Because of the, the crowd. The crowd certainly treat him like it was that. I was thinking to myself, uh, you know, I mean, AEW certainly has the amount of performers as the, main, as the WWE main roster, but they don't have that mid-card title. And I'm not saying it needs to be the FTW t- championship. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I would love to see maybe I think instead of a quote unquote kind of like mid-card title, I'd love for AEW to maybe go the route of having the junior heavyweight title. Um there are a lot of guys who aren't big motherfuckers here in AEW, whether it be guys like Ricky Starks, whether it be guys like Jungle Boy, whether it be guys like Orange Cassidy, people who are not mid carters by any by any uh, you know kind of word you know by any stretch of the imagination uh but it would be great to see maybe you know Ricky Starks I could see him being a a, a very good junior heavyweight yeah no I, either way they uh they should capitalize on this momentum because a lot of times when something's hot with one crowd it can catch on yeah let's see what it's like next start. week let's, let's keep yeah. it going <laughs> But either way, I thought that swerve was great, where Hobbs looked like he wasn't going to turn, then he turned. Mm-hmm. Team Taz, they got away with it. Son of those son of a bitches. <laughs> uh, then Cody Rhodes comes out to uh, mixed reaction. Quite a ma- quite a good amount of audible boos here. I thought I heard. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's hard it's hard to tell these days. Yeah, but uh, he cuts an angry promo on Malachi Black and tells him to answer the call because he wants to fight. So Black appears on the screen. He responds calmly from his dark room. And Cody says, just come out here. So he says, okay. The lights shut out. And then Black appears in the ring. And they just beat on each other until, you know, all the officials come out and break it up. But that's going to be a good good first match for Black. Great first match for Aleister Black. I love the two, you know, they're the, the opposing suits. Uh, <laughs> you know, the ominous kind of, you know, intense baby face and... Uh, you know, soft-spoken heel. Uh, this was great. Yeah, you're right. The crowd was red hot. I would say the crowd was less booing for Cody, more just like cheering for Aleister Black. Even though he is the heel here, clearly, I think uh, the fans much more want to see, are much more excited to see Aleister Black. So am I. Yeah. Uh, then we get Tony Schiavone in the ring to interview then Hangman Adam Page. And uh, I just got to say, the shirt that Hangman was wearing, <laughs> I, would love to, I would love to get myself one of those. It was fantastic. Um, yeah, I wonder yeah. if awshop.com, <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if that's available. I don't know. I don't think so. I think this is a special shirt. Too bad. Uh, anyways, they're in the ring. They're discussing Kenny Omega. And, you know, Paige is number one in the rankings. He deserves a shot. So Hangman just cuts a promo saying, you know, I failed once before, but. I'm here to win. I'm here to challenge. But Don Callis interrupts, followed by the rest of the elite. And they all just take turns insulting Paige. And uh, they say that he abandoned the elite for the Dark Order. And Matt Jackson gets in the ring and insults him for having a drinking problem and being a future wrestling tragedy. So Hangman punches him out and fights the other members. Kenny sneaks in. He's ready to hit him with the belt. So the Dark Order come out to chase him off. Then Hangman says, I'm not leaving without a match. So Kenny says, all right, how about five of you guys versus us five guys? Elimination style. And Paige says, well, that's not what I wanted, but uh, we'll have to do what we have to do. So we'll have the match. And when we win, 
not only do I get a shot for your world title, these guys get a shot at the tag titles. Imagine that. The Dark Order taking over. Yeah, so that's a big opportunity. Uh, Kenny's like, well, uh, you got to put something on the line as well. So if you guys lose, then none of you can challenge for the titles. So crowd gives a huge cowboy shit chant as Hangman accepts. And we get our little five-on-five Survivor Series style match. Survivor Series style. Love to see it. Yeah, is that next week? Um, did they announce? No, it was going to be the main event. Uh, yeah, main event of next week. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, yeah. Final Fight Night 2. Uh, then we go backstage where Jericho's cutting a promo on MJF and the five labors he's going to have to go through to get to him. When all of a sudden, Sean Spears shows up and just nails him with a chair. As MJF tells him, the first labor will be facing Sean Spears next week. And the stipulation is, Spears can use a chair, but Jericho cannot. So, then they just break his arm with a chair. So now, Sean Spears should probably win that one, right? Like, he's younger, he's faster, he's stronger. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, if you want to think with the logic. But wrestling storytelling will tell you that Jericho won't lose on the first labor. uh, At least not the first labor. Yeah. Dare I say he might run the gauntlet. Uh, Probably. Oh, well. Um, We have a little blast from the past, though, coming up next. Uh, mm-hmm. A feud uh, uh, as old as who's somebody young? <laughs> <laughs> who's somebody young but kind of old? A fold Billy a, Eilish. A, a feud, uh, a, a whole Billy Eilish worth in the making. Uh, we have Christian Cage taking on Matt Hardy uh, on TNT television. Um, Shivoni let us know, uh, or sorry, uh, Jr. Let us know. Uh, he I, one thing I love about Jr. He always lets us know that reminds us we're watching TNT. Yeah, um, thank you for inviting us into your home. Where, you know, where, uh, Michael Cole and who, who's the guy? Uh, Jamie Young. That's the name of the guy on Raw right now. They don't thank us for being on the USA Network <laughs> <laughs> and being on the Fox Network. Uh, I don't know. Just a little. Just that's that's all I got. Christian Cage taking on Matt Hardy. Twenty three years this rivalry has been going. Wow. Uh, yeah, crowd was loving it. Everyone knows these guys. We all love them. Uh, Christian Cage gets caught in the ropes. Hardy hits him with a big DDT right onto the steel steps there. Uh, and then, yeah, they just pull out all their greatest hits. Lots of big near falls. Christian grabs Hardy for the kill switch. But then Hardy yanks onto the ref, kicks Christian in the nuts, follows up with a twist of fate. But Christian kicks out of that. Uh, then he fights back, finally hits the kill switch to secure the pinfall victory and remain undefeated in AEW. Congratulations. Yeah, it's small, small, only a small sample size there, you know. Uh, yeah, except for the Battle Royal. Except for the Battle Royal, you know, those, yeah, those rarely count. He's been, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 gotten, he's gotten some stuff to do. Yeah, so uh, Christian Cage gets the win. The Hardy family in office try to ambush, but then his good buddy Jungle Boy comes out to make the save. Well, you know, Jungle Boy um, comes out and makes the save, of course, accompanied there by Luchasaurus. But 
uh, Luchasaurus promptly uh, grabs Christian Cage and kind of hoists him up to his shoulders. A gesture, <laughs> I, a gesture I believe to be typically reserved uh, to young Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Uh, did you, if you were to freeze frame at the right time, I don't know, you could have maybe <laughs> caught a, uh, a glance by Jungle Boy that looked maybe a little bit disheartened. Maybe a little bit oh, of uh, little jealousy. a little jealousy, maybe. I don't know. They both do that thing where they stand up and they look out into the distance. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, jealousy, frustration between Jungle Boy and Captain Charisma. Uh, I couldn't say. I couldn't say. But uh, maybe, maybe you heard it here first. The shoot meter could be a flying on this one. <laughs> could be. You caught the glance. I got. I got the look, baby. <laughs> um. I don't remember when it happened in the show, but at some point, Miro cuts a promo, and we get a glance at his updated uh, TNT title with the white leather strap, little green banner on it, different side plates. It's all Bulgarian-like now. Looks cool. Looks very, very cool. Miro, Miro had a fire promo, too. It was, uh, it was, it was real good. Don't really remember what he said, yeah. but it was very good. Yeah, it's very good, and uh, this is our fourth version of the TNT title yeah well is that including uh before like the version before they could uh the silver and red one yeah yeah because it was still defended as that it was still defended yeah Cody Cody held it I consider that Cody's version the Cody version and then there was the Brody Lee version the Darby Allen version (laughs) now this yeah yeah so anyways uh Tony has a quick interview with Britt Baker about her defense against Nyla Rose she insults Vicky Guerrero, and yeah, we don't really gain much. No, no, not any more nor less excited for next week's uh, matchup. Yeah, that'll probably be the main event over there. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, but then we get Wheeler Utah, who is associated with the best friends and Cassidy and Co. Uh, taking on Sammy Guevara, who he is from Houston, Texas, so. Uh, home crowd was loving him here and he gave him he gave him some fun stuff fast pace high flying eventually he hits the gth to get the win the gth uh yeah i didn't know he was from texas but yeah the crowd was hot and they're gonna and he's one of the hottest kind of competitors around right now so yeah has uh, this wheeler yuda been tearing it up on dark Do you know? i'm so glad you asked <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys every the uh, he's got he's one of those guys there every week now. I think uh this past week on either dark or elevation. I don't know. I don't I, don't, I never know which one. Yeah. It was him and uh Angelico, who is South African and I had no idea. I heard I heard him talk for the first time. I was like, "Huh? I just I I, I don't know. You know, you know when you kind of see somebody you're like, "Oh wow, that's actually what's happening." He's got a he got one of those real cool South African accents. That's fun. Cool. Dark. I heard there was an 18 match episode of Dark this week. Yeah, they're they're just pumping them out <laughs> these days. Yeah, that's crazy. So like, that's what I mean. If you get a if you go to a taping, you're gonna see like 25 matches. By yeah, because so they record Dark Dark Elevation and Dynamite the same night. Yeah, that's a lot. and sometimes dudes or oftentimes dudes are doing both, or they're doing Dark and Dark Elevation. 
and then not not the actual like uh, the show or whatever, or you know, or they have a sh- they they wrestle on the show, but then Wardlow is or they you know Wardlow's on Dark, but then he's just a bodyguard on Dynamite. You know, it's uh, yeah. these these they're all over the place. These guys. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, then we get Penelope Ford taking on Yuka Sakazaki, who we have not seen on Dynamite in over sixteen months. Uh, but you know she's the fun. She's got the genie pants. Crowd loves her. She's oh, baby face. Of course. But I'm still rooting for Penelope because she's uh, she's secretly on a roll here. She's 16 and one in her last 17 yeah, matches. Super secretly on a roll. Yeah. So hey, I'm always rooting for Ford. But hey, uh, Yuka was high flying. The crowd was fired up. They were fired up for everything. But uh, Penelope hits a couple of nice pump kicks. Uh, but Yuka ends up grabbing her, spins her around, and uh, she kind of dropped her weird. But she jumps to the top rope, springboards in, and hits the magical girl splash to get the victory. Making that, uh, what, 16 and 2 now, unfortunately. Dropping yeah, that big L. But, uh, you know, nice to have another member of the women's roster back. Yeah, just like women's division inclu- kind of inclusion on the show is important, especially on Dynamite. Uh, you know, hopefully shows like Rampage can, you know, kind of spread that wealth around, right? It'd be great to see more women's action on uh, television. Yeah, definitely be able to get like a second woman storyline going. Yeah, a second Some one. Team. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, But it's time for our main event. Because we have been promised the first ever coffin match in AEW history. Classic coffin match. There's a coffin. You got to hop in. Bing, bang, boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Put your opponent. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Close the lid on your opponent to win. Ethan Page takes on Darby Allin here. Uh, Well, right as the match starts, though, Darby comes out and he just runs at Page. Jumps into him back first. And it takes a lot out of Page. And Darby takes off his shirt to reveal that he's wearing a big metal plate. Just like when Bret Hart used it against Goldberg to stop the spear. Oh, really? That's WCW. sick. No, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's a... Uh, no. It was a great... I thought that was such <laughs> it a... Was in, it was in Toronto. He was wearing a Maple Leafs jersey, and then Goldberg spears him. Then he gets up and takes off the jersey, and everyone's like, Whoa! Oh, that's so cool. Plate. No, I thought, that, <laughs> I thought that was so cool when Darby Allen took that off. I'm like, no fucking way! But, uh, yeah, that was were cool. you there? No, you wouldn't have been there. I was not no, there. No, I was not. A little too, a little too young. Not too young. Just I would, I would have been at Raw instead. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, totally. Uh, no, but Neil was there. Our friend Neil Winlaw, friend of the show. Oh, really? Remember, he always, yeah, he talks about it with me and Sam before he told the story. Man, that's badass. But uh, Darby Allen, he uh, opens the coffin early into the match, and Scorpio Sky pops out. Just attacks him, throws him into the steel steps. And, uh, but thankfully, the 62-year-old Sting, mm-hmm. 67-year-old Sting. I don't know. Very what, important. Very important to preface with that. Yeah, he comes out. He takes out Sky. They kind of fight their way into the crowd. And then Darby and Paige, they fight up in the crowd as well, up the stairs. They're jumping off the barricade, uh, you know, choking each other on the railing. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. Uh, Paige brings the steel steps into the ring. Which, that takes a bit of effort, because they don't unhook in half. They're like one big step. Yeah, yeah. Right. They're, 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 the ring is assembled a little bit differently there. Yeah. Uh, but he starts disassembling the ring as he takes off the turnbuckle and unhooks it from the post. and uh, He grabs the hook, 
puts it around Darby's necklace. I guess he was wearing. He, yeah, he wears a necklace. Yeah, right? yeah, he wears a necklace. A little cool little chain thing. Yeah, so he hooks him by the necklace and then he just yanks him down hard. Uh, goes to roll Darby into the coffin, but Alan picks up that dissembled turnbuckle and hits him in the face with it. And then he takes the hook from the turnbuckle and puts it into the mouth of Paige on his cheek. You can see the hook. It's you can see it poking like through like uh, like that jackass bit when Steve-O's the bait for Shark. Yeah, so that was some, some crazy hook action. But uh, Darby Allen, then he drop kicks the steel steps into Paige, and he falls out of the ring into the coffin. But he still needs to shut the lid, so Darby goes out of there. Uh, but Paige manages to fight his way out, and at some point he cut his head open somewhere along the way. But... Uh, then they fight up to the top rope. Paige hits a massive Ego's Edge off the top rope, slamming Darby onto the steel steps. And then he goes to put Darby into the coffin, but then he gets countered and thrown in himself, and Darby slams the lid. Wins it just like that. So, uh, you know, off the big bump, I thought maybe slightly anticlimactic, but Darby gets the win. Uh, but he finishes it on a good note because he climbs up to the top rope, hits a big coffin drop. Smashing through the coffin, crushing Ethan Page. Yeah, the ending. I wanted them to play it, the play into the coffin drop, coffin match thing more. They didn't. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I would have wanted almost the finish to be like Ethan Page was on the coffin, and then he coffin dropped. You know, or something like that, yeah. where you're kind of like crushes him into the coffin. whatever. Yeah, be. something, something of that effect. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, AEW keeps th throwing Darby out. I can't think of somebody who's had consistently had more main event matches on Dynamite uh, than Darby Allen. Like, yeah, definitely... in the last two, three months, it seems like any week they need him to fucking be the main event of the show. He just does. Yeah, and he delivers. And JR loves him. Uh, <laughs> he's always endorsing him online and stuff. Yeah. But, no, overall, this was a damn good episode. The crowd was a big part of it, but still, one of the best episodes of Dynamite maybe ever. Yeah. It's all the matches. It, 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 it is great to see everybody so hot again uh, for uh, professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. It really is. Uh, well, that was Dynamite, uh, but that's not the entire uh, podcast because we still uh, let's let's just book the uh, the Money in the Bank twenty twenty one card here. Uh, Mike, do you want to book it for us this week? Sure. Uh, we've really settled in on this six match card for WWE. It seems. Yeah, last, yeah. The past the, the past few ones have been a little bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. nice and easy, nice and quick. You're out of there in two and a half hours. Uh, quicker than an episode of Raw. It's it honestly, <laughs> yeah, and is certainly less laboring. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but let's book this thing here. First off, we got AJ Styles and Omos defending those tag titles against the Viking Raiders. Finally getting their shot. Um, either way, it could go either way, but I think we all know if they're losing, AJ Styles is the one that's taking the pin. Omos is too big to Omos, lose. So, Omos is too big to lose. Uh, or maybe they shouldn't lose at all. I feel like there's... Yeah, I'm not saying You know, there's no kind of ups or downs for me here. Um, but yeah, regardless, we know. I know the one person not getting pinned is Omos. So that that's yeah. what we do know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then we have Rhea Ripley defending that Raw women's title against Charlotte Flair. 
Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen it. Uh, the crowd will be there this time, so that's the difference. But, uh, I mean, they've both been heels like this whole time, like we've been saying. But I still think Rhea Ripley will be the one that gets cheered. And uh, she's the one that I think should win. And that'll honestly be the most uh, the most intriguing part. Yeah, who's actually going to get cheered? Who's going to get booed? And it's not that I think Rhea's going to get cheered more. It's that I think Charlotte's going to get booed more. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for that reason, uh, you know, we got to go Team Babyface all the way. Yeah. Uh, then we have our first world championship match. Bobby Lashley defending the WWE title against Kofi Kingston. Um, yeah, we just hope, you know, give them a good, give them time. Don't make it a squash. Let Kofi have a good, I mean, if Xavier can beat Bobby Lashley, Kofi's got to be able to have a good match. But see, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at all the matches kind of here that will be going on. This will be the one that I think would give, they would give the least amount of time. Uh, Either this or, okay, no, I, no, that was wrong. Maybe the Raw Tag Team Championship would be the least amount of time. But uh, this, cha- although it is a championship match, sort of seems like it could kind of, you know, not be too far off from that. Uh, yeah, and, I could see uh, it being sub ten, sub ten minutes. The crowd's gonna love. Uh, crowd's gonna love Kofi Kingston, though. Yeah, Kofi, Xavier. I mean, you never know. Big E could even run out if things get crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of the day, Bobby Lashley's probably gonna retain. But never say never. Ne- never say never. But let's move on to the women's Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's championship, or a future opportunity. <clears throat> We've got Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalia, and just announced as the final competitor, Tamina. Tamina. <laughs> yeah, no excitement. There was a lot of speculation that they were going to leave it open, and people were saying, maybe Becky's coming, maybe Sonya's going to go, but nope, Tamina. Tamina. Uh, yeah, so there you have it. So, really, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Liv Morgan has the most storyline going in, and Nikki Ash has the, the winning streak. I mean, Alexa Bliss is a strong contender. I don't know. Either way, Natalia and Tamina are not winning. We can cross them out and Naomi. So, it really seems like whoever's winning this Money in the Bank ladder match is, is a gonna, will be coming from Monday Night Raw. We're, we're yeah, thinking, we're thinking they, Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Ash, or Bliss. Well, Liv is on SmackDown. Liv is on SmackDown. You're right. My mistake. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Unless they go wildcard Vega. You never know. And She's back. Yeah, but she's back on she's on SmackDown. SmackDown. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like you know Raw could be the place to take it. I don't know. Could be. I just hope. Yeah, we haven't had really a good briefcase run in a while they all just cash them in so quick there's been a couple and then of course there was the two straight men's cash-ins that like and then and and then brock remember it was like braun that then he just became a hell in a cell match yeah uh and then before that it was also dumb i think no before that (laughs) i don't know but yeah it has not been strong necessarily as it has been in years past yeah so let's hope for a fun match yeah then you got Roman Reigns defending the WWE Universal title against Edge. Straight up, one-on-one. This is what Edge has wanted. So, if he can't get the job done here, no more excuses. Uh, but they kind of have, in the background, been teasing a little bit of Seth Rollins' feud. He's been pissed that Edge is getting this title shot, not him. So, you never know. He could 
make an appearance. Yeah, no, you're entirely, you're totally right. You're totally right. I think that um, ah, fuck, Roman can't lose. Roman can't lose. No, Roman, I don't, I don't think Roman will no, lose. No, absolutely uh, not. I'm very excited for the crowd's reaction to him. Also, will they yeah. boo him because he's the biggest heel in, on the company, or will they cheer him because they like what he's doing? Like, because you know, after all the, <laughs> after, if after all this time, I could finally cheer for Roman Reigns, I would want to. Yeah. It's been years. Uh, I've wanted to cheer for him publicly for years, and now I can do it without being ashamed. I think he'll get a loud but mixed reaction. Mm-hmm. But very loud. Uh, very loud. Very loud. Very loud. Uh, but the main event, it might not be, but for now it is. We're calling it the Men's Money in the Bank ladder match. You got Ricochet, John Morrison, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, lots of good. I mean, that's a lot of good names in there. We already mentioned Ricochet, John Morrison. They'll be doing all the flippy fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, he's willing to fall off through anything, so <laughs> he'll take a big bump. And You know, I think pretty much looking at the list, I'm happy with anyone but Drew McIntyre winning. And, and, and not because of Drew as a person, but because no. of uh, he, he had his time. And now it's yeah, time to move your, on. Exactly. You had your three straight shots. I'm, I'm sorry uh, it couldn't happen in front of the live crowd. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you can still have a good showing. You can still get some pops here. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, if I'm to pick a winner, uh, I mean, Riddle's been so hot lately. Yeah. Uh, and he's, I'd call him a future world champion. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'd give it to Riddle. But Big E, Seth Rollins, they can always, they're right up there in the main event scene. Now, this will be one for me where I think the winner uh, would probably lean a, a SmackDown favored. Uh, I'm thinking Big E or KO. They're my, uh, they're my two big ones. Yeah. They're my two big ones uh, coming off the hop. Yeah, I mean, we usually expect them to do 50-50, one, the women win one side. Of, the, uh, but, but, you know, sometimes <laughs> does, it just didn't happen don't. at the Rumble. Uh, uh, didn't happen at the Rumble. Uh, yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> but that's our Money in the Bank card. They'll probably throw in one three pre, pre-show match. Uh, they always Yeah, do maybe Sheamus and Humberto Carrillo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and since that was the entire Monday in the Bank card, uh, that means we don't have much more to talk about uh, in the week of professional wrestling, except for crowning um, ourselves a uh, wrestler of the week. Mr. Wrestler of the week of the week. Wrestler of the week of the week of the week. Wrestler of the week of the week of the week. I'm going to kick it off this week uh, just because it was probably my favorite episode. Uh, or sorry, it was probably my favorite match of the week, so I got to say. And it's been a few of these back-to-back, um, and I got to say Ricochet. Yeah, can't go wrong with it that. It was a fantastic match, uh, one of the best matches I've seen on Raw, and I feel like in a long time. And uh, it was great to see, you know, kind of three or four, or th- I think it was three, just straight bangers. Yeah, no, uh, we we often complain about rematches, but this is one feud where it worked. It it's made worked. sense. Yeah, they both might have looked good. Uh, we saw some fun wrestling, so can't complain about that. No. 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to the other company, the big AEW. Uh, I think, well, obviously, said it all show long. The crowd played a huge part, but the wrestling also delivered, and uh, he really put a put a new look, got yeah, new perspective. I got on this man, Ricky Starks. I'm giving it to him this week. Great showing in that match. The new FTW champ. And new, you know, one of the most prestigious shoot championships in all of professional <laughs> wrestling. And that's all the time we have for the show this week, folks. Thanks for listening. You can find us everywhere. Uh, be sure to come back next week because um, we'll be hot off Money in the Bank. Of course, um, Fighter Fest Night 2 where uh, um, uh, Britt Baker. Britt Baker will be taking on um, Nyla Rose for that uh, AEW World Women's Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, and maybe that five versus five. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure we'll be. <laughs> I'll I'm bet. sure they'll let us know on socials, uh, media throughout the week. And uh, when that happens, be uh, be sure to tune back to the show. Thanks, Mike. You take care of yourself. Yeah. Have a good uh, weekend.